Thanks for listening to the teaching podcast of Bridgepoint Church. Stay tuned after the podcast for a short message, but for now, let's jump right in. Well, good morning, church. How's everybody doing this morning? That's awesome. This is the first service. So I know y'all really love Jesus in here, okay? Now, the second service, they're still sleeping in, so we'll pray for them. But I know this, I've, been, I've heard stories that this is the service that has all the energy. Is that true this morning? Y'all had your coffee, you're awake? That's awesome. Well, my name is Keith. I serve as a student pastor here at Bridgepoint. And what an exciting time to be in church. And this series has been awesome. It's called Summer at Bridgepoint. And we're getting to hear from different speakers uh, throughout the summer. Uh, Second service, uh, Julie's going to be teaching. So, hey, you know what? Y'all just take a nap after this service and just come on and hang out with us for the second service. Because I know Julie has a word for all of us. And then next week, uh, there's going to be two different communicators, so make sure uh, to stay with us this summer. It's going to be powerful. So last week, Greg talked about this whole idea of staying connected to the vine. Did anybody get to hear that message? All right, if you didn't, if you missed that one, you want to go listen to it. It is a powerful message. Today, what I want to talk about is this whole idea of spiritual growth and spiritual maturity. I believe that it's God's will for all of us that we grow up, that we mature, that we become just like Jesus, that it was never God's intention just for us to get by, so to speak. Or I call it like this, that salvation was never meant to be the ending. It was supposed to be the beginning. Or let me say it like this, that it's never supposed to be a spiritual destination. It's supposed to be a spiritual journey. If we're not careful, we can make it all about getting to heaven one day. And I tell you, the Bible tells a way more beautiful story than us just getting to heaven. We're called to bring heaven to earth, to bring the kingdom here on earth. And that's what he's called us to do. He's called us to, to grow from a little, little baby in the kingdom all the way to this full-grown adult. We're supposed to be growing, maturing, to be like Jesus. We're supposed to be little Jesuses here on the earth. Ain't that pretty awesome, everybody? We're supposed to be growing. Now, with that comes some problems. Because you know why? Because it's hard. It, it can be tough growing in our relationship with Jesus. If we could be honest this morning... It seems like every time we put Jesus first, it can get chaotic. It's like, hey, I, put, I take two steps forward in my relationship with Jesus, and it seems like I'm taking 10 steps back. For example, it could be, hey, you know what? Finances, I heard the message on generosity. We're going to put Jesus first in our finances. And the next thing you know, you lost your job, went bankrupt. Somebody hacked your bank account. The craziest stuff starts happening. You hear the message on Life Group, and you know you need to get in community. So you know, hey, we're going we're gonna to get into a life group. The only time I can get into a life group is on Thursday night. So you sign up, you click on it, you're signed up, you're excited. And then your boss calls you out of nowhere and says, hey, I know you've been working here for 30 years and you've never worked a Thursday night in your whole life. But from now on, can you start working on Thursday nights? Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? It's like it, it can all heck can break loose when we put Jesus first. It could be, for another example, Sunday mornings. I know for me, when I got saved, it's like, hey, I want to go to church on Sunday morning. We're going to make it a priority. I'm not going to miss. And for some of us in here, it's like, hey, we're, gonna, we're not going to miss a Sunday. And then Sunday mornings get here, and it's chaotic. Kids are going crazy. Cereal's flying everywhere. They're fighting in the back seat. I know Lionel Richie wrote the song, Easy Like Sunday Morning, but apparently he didn't go to church, everybody. You and your spouse are fighting all the way there to the front door of the church, and it's like, man, like we're trying to grow, but it seems like there's this resistance. There seems like there's things that are trying to stop us from growing in our faith. And Jesus tells this beautiful story in Luke chapter 8, 
about spiritual growth, about how there's some things out there in this world, in this life, that are actually trying to stop us from growing. They're actually trying to kill us in our faith, trying to kill us in our walk with Jesus. And so I want us to look at the story, and I, the, the title of my message today is The Three Killers of Spiritual Growth, if you're taking notes. If any, we got any note takers in the house? Okay, all right. No one? All right. No, that's fine. I got some notes for you. If you want me to print them off for you, you can get them after service. But this morning, I want us to look at this because it'd be a tragedy, to be honest, it'd be a tragedy if you were physically dying and you had no idea. That'd be pretty tragic, right? Everybody agree with that? But even more tragic would be if you were spiritually dying and you had no idea. That'd be even more tragic. And so I think this story is gonna help us see that there's things out there that are trying to kill us. And I wanna bring us some more awareness to these areas. So if you got your Bibles, we're gonna go to Luke chapter eight. Um, actually, you know what? I'm gonna kind of paraphrase this story and we're, we'll let Jesus explain it. So Jesus tells a story that there's this farmer. He has all this seed and he's scattering it everywhere. He's throwing the seed out. Some landed on this hard soil and the birds, they came and ate it. Some landed on rocky soil and it died. The seed grew up, it died. Some landed on this thorny soil. It, it didn't make it either. But then some landed on this good soil and it grew up, the seed grew up and it was fruitful. It multiplied and it produced a harvest. It was awesome. So he's telling this story and the disciples come and say, hey, uh, hey Jesus, um, you're talking about birds and thorns and rocks and can you please explain to us what you're talking about? And that's where we'll pick up in verse 11 here. He says, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. By the way, in John chapter one, we know that John tells us that God's word is Jesus. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and God sat down in heaven and it was Jesus. Anybody know that verse? It's a really good, cool verse. The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. Verse 13. The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, then fall away when they face temptation. The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the cares, riches, pleasures of this life, and so they never grow into maturity. Everybody say maturity. maturity. Hey, y'all, if y'all ever heard me speak before, I like the crowd participation, you know, make sure y'all are awake, no one's taking a nap. I know that breakfast can make you sleepy sometimes. And the seed that fell on the good soil represents honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a harvest. Jesus, what's going on here? What are we talking about? Like, so I'm gonna try to make this more simple for us. Jesus tells the story of some seed being planted in the ground, all right? I like to keep things simple. I'm from Alabama, okay? I like the things to be, someone explain it to me. All right, so this is what Jesus is saying. Everybody hold up four, four fingers for me. Can you wave four fingers, all right? So there's four soils, all right? And then there's some seed being planted in those soils. Okay, y'all can put your fingers down. So here's the idea that Jesus is saying. We put the seed in the soil. This is deep, y'all. This is gonna set somebody free. You put the seed in the soil and then it grows, it grows, it grows, it grows, and grows into this beautiful plant, this tree. Now, this one's a fake one, by the way, but imagine with me this morning that it has all types of fruit on it, and it's massive, and it's awesome, okay? So that's the, that's the goal that Jesus is saying. The seed is planted, and we keep growing and growing and growing until we're full maturity. We have fruit, and it's awesome. 
but there's a problem. Everybody hope your four fingers again. Only one of them made it to that. Only one of the seeds made it to that. The other three ended up not making it. <laughs> they ended up getting, there were some things preventing it from growing. And so we're going to dive in and look at these three things. The first one we see is in verse, in verse 12, it says, the seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing in being saved, all right? So here's the first killer of our spiritual growth. It's the enemy. Now, John 10, 10 says that the enemy's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus says, I've come to give life and life abundantly. Now, there was a study done with Christians that 50%, only 50% of Christians believe that the devil is real. So there's like half of the body of Christ that think it's like hocus pocus, like it's like made up fairy tale. I'm here to tell you this morning that we have an enemy and he is real and he has a plan for your life and it ain't for prosperity or an awesomeness. It is called the steal, kill and destroy. So we gotta understand this whole thing of spiritual warfare. I know for me, you know, I didn't grow up in church and I was an atheist till my senior year of high school. And so when I, when I got saved my senior year, I didn't know about the enemy. I didn't know about spiritual warfare. If we're not careful, we're going to be fighting these physical battles, but they're really spiritual battles. Does that make sense, everybody? And we got to be careful because uh, me personally, I believe that a lot of things that we do face is spiritual. Like in our marriages, for example, we could think that our spouse is the devil, all right? Now, don't be elbowing your spouse right now and say, hey, look, he just said you're the devil. Ain't what I'm saying? We could be focused. We can think that our spouse is the enemy, but there's really another enemy behind the scenes at work that wants to steal, kill, and destroy in your marriage. Man, there's so many spiritual, spiritual problems in this world, but we're trying to give earthly solutions to it. But until we get back to the root and understand that we got to cast out the demons, we got to cast out the devils, we got to get to the root that it is spiritual. There's a spirit behind everything. And until we address the spiritual problem, it's going to remain the same, everybody. Y'all don't get me preaching this morning. Get me fired up. This is a war. This is a battle that we're in. And the enemy wants to take us out. Now, if you run out of gas on the way home, that does not mean there, that was a Chevron demon, okay? That was called you were lazy, that you needed to plan ahead of time to get gas in your car, all right? If you go to swipe your, your debit card this afternoon and it declines, that was not a Wells Fargo demon. That was called, you spent way too much money at Lululemons, all right? I don't even, I just heard about Lululemons the other day. It's like $300 for a pair of pants. Is this true, ladies, by the way? It is true, maybe? No, no, okay. All right, there's this new store where you buy these pants. It's awesome, crazy, I guess. $300 for a pair of pants? Wow. So, but don't you know, though, even... Even when your car runs out of gas and stuff like that happens, doesn't the enemy still come and lie to you? He says, oh, how could you do that? See, you failed. You're a mistake. You're so stupid. How could you not put gas in your car? And that leads to the second thing with the enemy is Jesus tells us in John that his main tactic is lies. And there's nothing more that he would love for us this morning than to believe his lies. Some of us come in here this morning and you're dying spiritually because you're believing the lies of the enemy, that you'll never be set free. That addiction, you'll always struggle with it. No one can, nobody can love you. Hey, 
Oh, Jesus paid for your sin? Hoo, hoo, hoo. Do you know what you did last night? I don't know if he could forgive that. And the, de the devil's always lying to us. And if we're not careful, we'll, we'll believe those lies so much that they'll stop us from growing. All right? So there, here's the second one. If you're taking notes this morning, let me take a sip of water. By the way, they say communicating never do this, but I'm going to do it anyways. Matt. I don't know how you do it every Sunday with the mouth dryness. They say that's the worst. Oh, Lord, help us all. Okay, verse 13 says, The seeds on the rock, rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, then they fall away when they face temptation. So this seed, they're giddy. They're excited. They hear the message about Jesus. They get fired up. Oh, man, Jesus loves me. This is great. This is awesome. But then the first test that comes their way. By the way, that word temptation can also be translated testing, and that's the word I'm going to use. It can be translated trial, uh, yeah, what is it, uh, testing, temptation. So we're going to use the word testing here. So this person, they're growing in their faith, and then here comes a test. Oh, does anybody know about the trials of life, the testings of life? And it comes, and they get discouraged. They get bitter, and they give up. What, what does this look like? This looks like for the people, man, you're falling after Jesus, and then a loved one dies, one of your, one of, one of your family members dies. And, and you went to church, and they said God is love, but now you're wrestling with it because, well, if God is love, then why did my loved one just die? This is, this is real stuff. All of us are going through fires. I know one pastor said, it's either you're headed into a storm. This is so encouraging. I promise the message gets better. That you're either headed into a storm you're in a storm or you're leaving a storm. And the purpose of these things, if we're not careful, is to make us bitter, angry at God, discouraged, to the point where we're hopeless, where we want to give up and quit. I don't know about you, but I know for me personally, there, since I've been following Jesus, it can get discouraging. It seems like one thing after another, one fire, one thing, one, one, another trial, another trial, another temptation, another temptation. But listen to what James chapter 1 says. James tells us that actually these things could actually be a blessing to us if we'll let it be, if we'll turn it and put it in the hands of God. He says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind, troubles, testing, temptations of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Like James, is there something wrong with James right here? It's like, James, when trials come, I, I, normally I get angry, mad, sad, upset. You're saying be happy. Uh, is there something wrong with James right here? He says you should get giddy. Come on, hey, look at your neighbor and say, you need to get giddy. Y'all participate. Tell your neighbor, you need to get happy. He says, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow, so let it grow. For, your, for when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. By the way, that word endurance can also be translated consistency, so listen to it like this. It says, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider an opportunity for great joy, for you know that when your faith is tested, your consistency has a chance to grow, so let it grow. For when your consistency is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. So James is saying you want to be mature, you want to be spiritually mature, you want to be a spiritual mother in the faith, you want to be like Jesus? Well, guess what? There's going to be some things along the way 
that are going to happen. There's going to be some trials. Oh, there's going to be some temptation. There's going to be some testing. And if we'll take those things and put it in Jesus' hand, it'll actually grow us. Because we're actually, if you think about it, we're all consistent in here when the trials come. Oh, come on, somebody. Because when the trials come and the testing comes, we're consistent. It's either, sometimes we can be consistent and run into old bad habits, old coping mechanisms. But we got to learn how to run to Jesus. Every time the temptation comes, when the testing comes, oh, we're not going to give up. We're not going to get bitter and discouraged and hopeless. No, we're going to run to the heart of the Father this morning and receive his power. We're going to receive his grace. We're going to receive his love this morning because with him, we can make it through it. Amen, everybody. So we got the enemy that's trying to kill us. Boy, we got the trials, the test of life, the testing that's going to try to take us out. And then the third one, Jesus tells us in verse 14, says the seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out. Oh, he gives a little list here. This is a good little list. Y'all ready for this list? It's crowded out by the cares, the riches, and pleasures of this life, so they never grow into maturity. <laughs> this seed's trying to grow. It's trying to grow up, and it's growing, but then it starts to get choked. It can't grow anymore. It starts to die out. How awful would it be if I spoke like this for the rest of the sermon? It'd be awful, but it gets choked out because of the cares, the riches, and the pleasures. Oh, we, we live in a world today. Oh, we live in a culture today. Oh, who, who in here loves the news? Just turn on the Fox News, the CNN, all oh, the social media. They're telling us we need to care about everything. You need to care about this agenda, this political movement. You need to care about the turtles with straws in his nose, by the way. I'm not against turtles. God will save the turtles. God bless the turtles. They're saying a message about turtles, okay? But the world's saying we need to care about everything. And even we have people in our life telling us, parents, grandparents, everybody, care about this. You need to care about that. Boy, those cares of the world will wear you out. That's a good place to say amen for somebody in here. And then there's the, the riches. Oh, this is where we're at. This is what we're told. You need to make more money. By the way, God, ain't, God don't care about money. He can, he's concerned about money having you. But man, we just live in a world today where it's always, always about making more money. You need more money, more money. Hey, I know you make like $10 million a year, but you need to make $20 million a year. I know you have $50 million in your 401k, but you probably really need $100 million. And so if we're not careful, we can be consumed with the riches of this world, thinking that money's going to bring us happiness, but it never does. Some of us in here, we're so consumed with making money because you think if you get it, you're gonna be content. Well, you'll never be content. It's only Jesus that can make us content this morning. And the American God, what is it? The American dream's always preaching. If you'll get it, you'll be happy. No, 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 you're actually gonna be miserable. You'll chase building a career and chasing money, but also at the same time, sacrifice your marriage and your kids on that altar. And I don't want that for us this morning. And more importantly, it could kill your faith. And the third one was the pleasures. This world is always preaching pleasures, 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 more, 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 more. Not just one donut. Hey, have two donuts. Not just one boat. Have two boats. Hey, not just one Xbox. Have two Xboxes. Don't have just one wife. 
Have some, no, that's wrong. That's wrong. Don't have two wives. That's wrong. That's supposed to be a joke, y'all, all right? I was trying to put some humor in here, all right? I'll laugh every now and then. It'd be great. And so this world is trying to take us out. And this is honestly one of my, my concerns for us is, have y'all ever heard this little thing about the frog in the boiling water? Have y'all heard this analogy before? It's where if you throw a frog in boiling hot water, it'll just jump out. But if you kind of put it just lukewarm water and just set him in there real nice and cozy, and then you turn it up to boiling hot water, he'll, he won't jump out, but he'll eventually die in the boiling hot water. And for a lot of us in here this morning, I'm concerned that we were like that frog in this culture that we're living in that says constantly pursue the cares, riches, pleasures, and we just gotten used to it. Because honestly, it's what our parents did. It's what our grandparents did. And it's turning up the heat and the water's starting to boil, and we don't even know it. And our faith is dying, and we don't even know it because we're so distracted with the things of this world. By the way, my name's Keith. I love you. I'm your friend. I'm not trying to be sassy this morning because I struggle with it too. I struggle with chasing after the things of this world. But it, maybe it's a good inventory to take check this morning. How much of the stuff of the world are we letting into our lives this morning? I love what John, 1 John 2, 15, 17 says. He says, do not... Love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. Listen to this language right here. It's kinda, it sounds kind of strong, it's like a gut punch. It's like, oh, I remember middle school getting beat up. Like, oh, it kind of hurts. Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. What is John saying here? It'd be like me saying, oh, this is my wife, Sarah. Oh, I love her so much. She's amazing. Oh, she hung the stars in the sky. She's my everything. Oh, she's my boo bear. I love her with all my heart. But also there's Sally over here. I love her too. She's pretty awesome, right? Y'all say, Keith, you're crazy. And that's what John's saying. He said, it's, it's impossible to say you love Jesus with all your heart, but also love this world. It just can't happen. He says, for the world only offers, offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, pride in our achievements and possessions. Ain't that so true? Pride in our achievement. Look at what I accomplished. Look at what I've done. Look at my resume. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is passing away. It's fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God, will live forever. <laughs> All right, everybody, hold your four fingers. Y'all know, like, in football, we got Alabama football, got Georgia, you know, the fourth quarter. Okay, here we go. So there was the fourth soil. We talked about the first three. All right, there's the three things that were trying to kill the seed from growing. Okay, so we had the enemy. We had the testing. And what was the third one? The world, all right? If y'all forgot that one, I just need to go home because I literally just mentioned that one just like five minutes ago, so. But there was this four soil that was healthy, growing, matured. It was awesome. It's like Jesus, where you love Jesus, you love people, you're generous, you lay down your life for Jesus, you lay down your life for other people. You're focused on him and his agenda, not your agenda. It's this great place. It's where you're free. Oh, oh you're free from people. You're free from offense. You're free from your past. Oh, you're walking in your calling. You're making a difference. Oh, it's a great place. It's where you know Jesus loves you. This is an awesome place down here, by the way. This is a great place. There's things trying to take us out. 
don't miss this. I got some bad news and good news this morning. Who wants to, what do y'all want first? The bad news or the good news? The bad, okay, he shouted out. So I'm gonna give you the bad news first. The bad news is this morning is that with these three killers of our faith, you can't overcome them. Listen to this. You can't overcome, you can't defeat the enemy on your own. He'll take your Chick-fil-A sandwich, your waffle fries, your lemonade, your brownie, the cookie, the plate, the table, the whole thing. We can't defeat him on our own. Left up to us in the middle of the trial, the test, the temptation, we'll fail every time. With the world, are you kidding me? First time the world comes flashing, it's all its little things at us, we'll just dive, we'll jump right into it on our own. So that's some bad news this morning, but leads me into my good news, which ultimately is gonna lead to this. Give me a minute, all right? I'm working my way there. Everybody say work it, come on. I'm getting there. The good news this morning is we serve a God and his name is Jesus. He's fully God, fully man. He stepped down out of heaven. He died on the cross for our sins. He resurrected all power and all authority belongs to him. Let me tell you what Jesus can do for us this morning. Jesus, he defeated the enemy once and for all. He, he, he defeated him. In the trial, in the testing, in the temptation, Jesus can give us the power, the grace, the strength that we need to overcome. Not by my strength, I promise you, I'm not getting through any temptation or trial on my own. It will be only through Jesus and his Holy Spirit that I get through it. With the world, Jesus, oh, with the more I fall in love with him, the more I seek his word, the more I get in his presence, and I start to taste and see that the Lord is good, he starts to change my desires where I don't want those pleasures and riches and cares anymore. I want him, because I've tasted and seen that he is good, but only Jesus can change our hearts this morning. Only he can give us those desires. Amen, everybody? So we gotta humble ourselves and come back to that it's only through Jesus. So how are we going to get there where we're fully mature in our faith? It's simple. I love what Greg said last week. It's so simple, but we make it complicated. It's Jesus. And so I've got two quick things for you, then we're gonna close. So how do we get here? How do we overcome these three things and get to where we're mature in our faith? First thing is we gotta cling to Jesus and his love. Listen to this right here, verse 15. It says, the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word. By the way, we said, John chapter one, that Jesus is that word. And they cling to it and patiently produce they harvest, so they cling to it. This forest soil, they clung to Jesus's word. They cling to the gospel. They focused on Jesus. Listen to John 15, four through five, and then there's seven through nine. It says, remain in me, I will remain in you, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful. Here we are. You cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Listen to this next line. For apart from me, you cannot do nothing. So Jesus says, apart from me, you can't, you can't overcome anything. You cannot, there's no hope without me. There's no purpose without me. He says, it's only through me you're gonna produce fruit. And if you drop down to seven through nine, he says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it'll be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. 
this brings great glory to my father. Oh, this next line, this next verse is probably one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. And I think if we could really understand this next verse, it'll set you free. He says, I have loved you. (laughs) I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Can you grasp that one sentence there? Can you wrap your mind around that one sentence? I have loved you even as my dad has loved me. Now remain in my love. Cling to my love. Hold on to my love. We're gonna make it through. Hey, when the, when the devil comes lying to us, oh, we're gonna hold on to Jesus. We're gonna hold on to him. We're gonna hold on to his love. Oh, when the testing comes, the trials come, we're gonna hold on to Jesus. We're gonna hold on to his love. When the world comes whispering to us, we're gonna hold on to him and his love. That's the only way we're gonna be fruitful. Jesus tells us, apart from him, we can't do anything. So we got to cling to Jesus. Everybody say, cling to Jesus. All right, I'm gonna throw this next one in for free, is cling to the family of Jesus. How are we gonna get there? We also need people in our lives as we're holding on to Jesus for dear life, we need people that are gonna come around us and help us hold on to Jesus. Hey, that's why, by the way, church is so important. That's why life groups are so important. It's not about just another thing to check off the box. No, listen, listen, everybody, we need people in our lives to help us grow and mature. We need people in our lives that when the enemy starts lying to us, yeah, you're you're not called, God can't use you. Hey, you'll never get over that addiction. We need people in our lives to say, no, 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 no. This is what the word says. This is the truth about who you are in Christ. Do you have people in your life that are gonna speak truth to you? Second thing is, Sorry, I got a little distracted when he walked. I'm not used to, I'm not used to people just walking up behind me. You know, I, I kind of grew up in the hood, so I'm not used to just people walking up behind me. I apologize. But you need people in your life that when you're in the middle of the trial, that they're gonna encourage you. Some of us, we got people like, uh, who was it, Job's friends? When we're in the fire, in the suffering, we have people like Job's friends. You know what Job's friends told Job? He said, curse God and die. <laughs> Those are not the friends we want. Like, we want friends that say, hey, God's got your back. I know this is, we need people that are gonna weep with us, grieve with us, that are gonna pray with us in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the testing. Then the world, we need people. Who do you have in your life that's gonna hold you accountable when it comes to the things of this world? When you start chasing after the pleasures of this world, do you have someone in your life to say, hey man, like we need to press pause on that or the riches of this world. When, when you're already working 60 hours a week, you're already good, you, you follow Dave Ramsey, you're debt free, you're good. But you're like, hey, you know, I'm gonna work an extra 20 hours a week. Do you have someone in your life to say, hey, you don't need to do that. You need to focus on your marriage. You need to focus on your kids. You need to focus on your relationship with Jesus. We need people in our life. Because the truth is this morning, we all have a circle. We all have a people that we hang out with. And those people are either pushing you closer to Jesus, those people are either helping you grow and mature, or they're bringing you back. They're bringing you down. For some of us in here, well, we love Jesus, and we're trying our best. We're running, we're trying, we're striving, and it seems so hard. Could it be because you have some people in your life 
that are taking you back to old habits, old lies, old religious ways of doing things. Man, we need to surround ourselves. Hey, come on, Julie, I'm gonna make a plug. Do we got time for a plug real quick? That's why fall life groups is so important. That's why we need to sign up and lead and get in community this fall. It's because y'all, the enemy's coming for us. Y'all lean into this. There's gonna be trials, there's gonna be temptations, there's gonna be testing. And we're gonna need people in our life to help us cling to Jesus. So the first thing we gotta do is we gotta cling to him, but then we gotta cling to the family of Jesus. So I've got two questions as we go into a time of reflection and communion. There's tables set up around the room. I got two questions for us. First one is what killer are you currently experiencing right now? The second question is, what is one thing that is holding you back from remaining in his love? Like I said at the beginning of my message, if you were physically dying right now and you were unaware of it, it'd be tragic. It'd be a tragedy. And even more tragic would be that if you were spiritually being choked out and you weren't aware of it, Man, I want us to go into this time of reflection and ask the Holy Spirit, man, what lies am I believing? What lies have I bought into from the enemy? Maybe you're going through a trial right now, or maybe, maybe it's a temptation that you keep struggling with. Let the Holy Spirit reveal to us this morning what you need in that. For some of us, it might be we've allowed way too much of the world in our lives. And maybe just maybe the Holy Spirit will say, hey, he'll just whisper and put his finger on that. Quit chasing these temporary, momentary, fleeting pleasures and come back to me. Return to first love this morning. And I'm gonna end on this and we're gonna pray because I wanna leave with some encouraging because this is a heavy message. So I wanna encourage everybody. As we cling to Jesus, as we hold on to him, boy, our arms are gonna get tired. Can anybody relate to this? Our arms are gonna get tired. I got some great news this morning. When you can't hold on any longer to him, he's gonna be holding on to you. And that'd be a great place just to clap our hands. Come on, church. I'm serious. That's a great news this morning. That's why we need to praise his name is because even when I want to give up, even when I give up and I can't hold on any longer, he's still holding on to me. So I wanna encourage you this morning that he loves you, that he's for you, he's a good dad in heaven. Man, he wants what's best for you. He wants us to grow up and mature because he loves us and he loves people this morning, all right? So let's pray and let's get in back into worship. Jesus, there's people that walk in here this morning and we can be real and just be honest for a moment. They're discouraged. I can just feel it in my spirit right now. They're just overwhelmed with life. Maybe it's a kid that's went astray and it's, it's just burdened their heart or maybe it's in their marriage that they're on the brink of giving up and quitting. Maybe it's a medical report and this really messing with them. Holy Spirit, you're so good. Jesus, you're so good. I pray that your love and your comfort and your peace would just wash over us all. Lord, that 
we're not gonna we're not gonna be taken out. And we're gonna keep growing. We're gonna keep maturing. So Holy Spirit, would you come and move and do what you can do? Only you can do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Bridgepoint Church Podcast. I hope we've shared something meaningful for you wherever you're at in your spiritual journey. Just so you know a little bit more about us, we meet on Sunday mornings in downtown Woodstock, but we also meet during the week in what we call life groups, and that's where the really good stuff happens for us. If you're becoming a regular listener of this podcast, we'd like to invite you to make it relational, just like we do during the week. Grab a Bible, invite some friends to join you, and turn this into a conversation. If you're already a regular listener and would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting us online at bpc.life and choosing the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for listening.